right now. Mr. DL. Two, two, two. Two, two, two. Who's off? Yes, yes, we are back. Number 72 of the Danger Zone podcast with the legendary. Big show. And Mr. DL. Chef Tanya. Mr. DL. Chef Tanya is uh, away today. Um, but yeah, it's been a good week. Uh, we got um, yesterday was a great concert with Big Shug, DJ Premier. It was awesome. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, man, right? Yeah, man. We did that shit. That's right, man. Yeah, that was oh, that's right, man. You spoke that. You spoke that right because I would have probably said something to the end. Yeah, so. But it was a great time. Everybody showed up, yep. showed out. You know what I'm saying? And Shout out to Nice and Smooth. Shout out to Black Nubian Market. Shout out to man, uh, uh, Planet Patrol. Our man's Ed OG. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Great time, great day. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? We know what it is. We'll have some. Uh, we'll have some footage for that from that for you guys oh, yeah. soon. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll let y'all peep that. You know what I'm saying? It, it was great though. You know, it was a tribute to Guru, and uh, rest in peace, Guru man, the great. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, just just dope time, man. You know. Hell. Um. Well. Uh, on another note, you know what I'm saying? As I watch a lot of drama on TV and the bullets start to shift, you know, I'd be at the crib doing the danger zone, sipping out of snipping. Yeah, boy, snipping. you know what it is. No stew mugs for you. <laughs> I'm snipping. I know them stew mugs are fucked you up, man, for real. Like, But, um, you know, on, a, on another note, man, I'm going to dig here the archives real quick and people. Um, People, oh, well, this one is uh, Snoop Dogg. Oh, nice. Right? So, speaking of hip hop, you know, uh, Snoop Dogg responds to Island Boy. Island Boy. <laughs> threatening to beat his ass on side. <laughs> That's just funny as hell. Because Snoop Dogg's mad skinny. It ain't like like he's a, he's a, someone that looks like you're going to be boxing and shit. But yeah. then again, it's not, not nobody's going to just not come up and beat your ass. Neither. So, don't get it twisted. But, um, and, uh, Hold on one second. I had a, I was part of the Island Boys fucking viral moment. One of my tweets was used in their, in that viral video that they made making fun of them. One of mm. one of my random tweets, and it wasn't even that funny. It was like I, I wrote like I'm an Island Boy, mumble mumble Island Boy. That's all I wrote. It wasn't even funny. And and right. and, and uh, I just got screenshotted in and <laughs> just for some That's reason. Right. Yeah. I I was an island boy when I was locked up. I was at Dare Island. Mm. But uh, <laughs> and it's literally on an island. You know what I'm saying? So y'all know, y'all who maybe spent time there or know me and we was there. We was island boys for a hot minute. Is that the prison but that is that the prison you were in that closed down? I think they did close down. I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah, you, you, said, know what I'm you saying? said it was like a wild place or something like that. It was a uh, it was a um Regular, I think it's a, a county joint in the beginning. Then it, then they started accepting uh, state inmates. You oh, know what I mean? So it kind of changed. But um, so uh, he Snoop Dogg responds to Island Boy, uh, fly soldier threats to beat his ass on sight. And the death row legend who has been through it all doesn't seem too phased. Probably not. No. Uh, fly soldier sent a series of menacing messages to Snoop sometime last year after the dog father clowned the duel on peacock's 21 and done special alongside kevin hart in late 2021 this is a little while ago yeah um if he were 
to say that to me uh, in real life, on sight, I would fade him. This is what the fly soldier saying. The, t- the tatted up social media star warned in a video. I would beat his ass. I swear to God on everything in my life, I swear to God, if I ever see him, it's on sight. Mm-hmm. So the 51-year-old Snoop Dogg finally responded on Wednesday, June 7th, and couldn't help but the laugh of the threats from someone half his age. Yeah, <laughs> not. He said, I don't want no smoke with it, cuz. He's joking, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> in the post, while leaving a series of crying face emojis. Timberland, DJ Pooh, Lil Easy E, and many more of Snoop's followers were left in stitches at the hilarious exchange. Obviously, he took it as, you know, a calamitous event. Um, I'm, spo- I'm speechless, Snoop Dogg said after watching the clip. Two goofballs in the pool. I don't know. I don't know. It ain't trying to. It ain't trying to understand. I guess is what he what he initially said. Yeah. Uh, after Fly Soldier Boy's threatened response, Island Boys eventually backed off and called the truce as they apologized to Snoop Dogg. Yeah, because it wasn't going to help their career. Yeah. You know what <clears> I mean? <throat> but, but, you know that. You know, and um, Snoop Dogg doesn't said, even have to be oh, tough. Like Snoop Dogg doesn't even have to be tough because you're not getting close to him. Like, nah. It, that's why he's <laughs> good there talking about. Um, uh, Sugar Knight's a bitch and the whole world know it. Yeah. So if he gonna say that about him and, and live his life, uh, no matter what their situation is now, he definitely gonna call you goofball type. Yeah, yeah. You what do you goofball. think about that? All, all these rappers, what do you think about all these rappers coming out now and having bad things to say about Suge Knight publicly when before they were quiet as church mice? I mean, listen. Did I say Big Sugar or Suge Knight? You know what I meant, you know what I meant. Yes, but at the same time, I I, I hardly understand it because me, being somewhat of a menacing character man back in the day, and then um, I watched a few things happen and evolve, like when I was away, that knowing that they wouldn't if I was there. You yeah. see what I'm saying? But that's what people do. They're like, they're like, um, they're gonna run their mouth now because obviously they, they they feel like oh shit he's in there 28 years and after even he does his time no one's gonna come back out here and be a fool you know what I'm saying because yeah. you got you got life to live I mean brother still got some bread or whatever but it's always sucker shit one element of life is what they say for years man um, even that dude with the big nose back in the day W C Fields he just shuck up on every minute you know what I'm saying like you know like that I mean. That's the, that's what it is. So it's sucking shit all the time. You know what I mean? So of course people wouldn't be saying something, man. Yeah. You know, I, I I've had people make tell stories about something they was gonna do to me, which I knew was calamitous. You know what I mean? But that people won't speak. Like that's I mean, they speak around people. But of course they're not gonna just do it. And today, today, motherfuckers are say what they're gonna do whatever but they know nothing's gonna happen because everybody's telling or yeah. or threatening you and as soon as you come their way you're in, you're in trouble yep. like for instance I just, I just watched uh speaking of that i just watched um a video with uh kwame brown uh he's been in a verbal um uh battle with uh well not really a battle i guess he's been doing most of the talking when it comes to shannon sharp mm-hmm. and uh you know, he called him a thick-tongued motherfucker, whatever that means. I don't know. I gotta, I gotta see what that means. I don't even know if I want to uh, know. That's what that a, is. that's a, a clever way of saying you're retarded, mentally retarded. I don't know because that thick tongue shit. I don't, yeah, that's what they say. That's people, not, people with Down that syndrome sound like have a, big tongues. Yeah, that's 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 the, sound like a multi pause to me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, that's a, a dimensional pause. I, I was like, you know, I mean, octagon pause. I, I don't yeah. know what the fuck. It was so, a weak, it's a weak disc, but that's, I think that's where he was trying to say, yeah. Well, here's the crazy thing about it. So he's talking all that shit, calling him boy, telling him he got clowned on the show by Skip Bayless. He's, you know, he's really ran, really sound real tough um, in a peacockish type of way. But um, he says all this, but he said, yeah, you come up on me with all the muscles and shit, looking ugly and a motherfucking boy. I, I got my mace spread for you. You see what I'm saying? That's yeah. the type of shit you're going to hear now. You're not gonna hear somebody say, like, I'm gonna fight this dude, or when I see you, I slap the shit out of you, whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's all, that's talk now, it's talk. And then when it happens, like dude's telling you right now, you come up on me, I'm gonna spray you with this mace. You see what I'm saying? So you already know you, you're you gonna take it legal. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't care if the dude's seven feet two. You know Shannon shop man, looking like, man, a, a muscular warthog. Yeah, yeah. Like, his shit is like, yo, he, he'll probably punch a hole through this boy. So, but we know that's all banter. Yeah, It's yeah. all this so your banter. <laughs> the dude ain't fighting nobody. Like, just like those basketball players he was arguing with, nobody can hold you back, man. Like, I don't give a fuck. Motherfucker, if you want to get over there and slap the hell out of him, like Shannon Sharp, you can, you can do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? The people, it's just... All this shit is back and forth banter on some cornball shit. And like I said, suckers every minute. So it's just another sucker ploy. Go ahead, man. Um yeah, no. The the next one, I do I do think uh Shannon Sharp will probably fuck that dude up, even though he's much older yeah, than I, him. I, Actually, no, he's not I older think, than him. Kwame Brown, he played on the yeah, he's probably they're probably roughly around the same age, right? No. Uh well wait a minute. Now nah, I think Shannon's a little older. Oh, okay. Yeah, because Kwame Brown is the same age as LeBron. Oh, okay. Sure. Didn't Kwame Brown play with Michael Jordan in, in Washington? Uh, yeah, 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 but he also played for the... Michael Jordan was the one who made him a number one pick. Okay. I believe. You know what I mean? And um, he's in the... Kwame, uh, Kwame 41. Yo, he 41. Yeah, okay. he, Well, yeah, we got that from the true, uh, the true section. You know what I mean? <laughs> Producer True. <laughs> yeah, the question is, it ain't that true. Yeah. So I want to yeah. talk. I want to talk about this because, uh, you know, everyone always talks about bring bring your homies up with you. Bring your homies up with you. Quavo claims that he pays his assistant five thousand dollars a day, and, mm. and he said mm. he he made his he made his homies millionaires. That's a lot of money, bro. Yeah. I, I did the math. That's one point eight million dollars a year. But at five thousand a day. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's crazy, Quite right? A bit. Not a bad job. I mean, five thousand a week yeah. ain't bad. Five thousand. Five thousand a day, and and if you're really his assistant, he you're going to be there at every moment. So you're not paying for anything, all day. No. You're not paying for lunch. You're not paying for travel. You're not paying for clothes. Nothing. So, Probably hold. Yeah. Exactly. You're getting all his uh, runoff. All his runoff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> No question, man. <laughs> it's kind of crazy because either you're going to be smart or you're going to be stupid. Bottom line is, if you want to, because I've seen LeBron, like, I think I spoke to, to you about this off air, but LeBron, man, brought up his boys with him. You yep, know what I'm saying? Exactly. And, yeah. and everybody, you know, made money and everybody's, you know, pretty successful. Uh, some real shit. And then you got the people that are surrounded by, by a bunch of uh, yes cats. You know what I mean? And they're spending all their money and then they're telling you like a few years later, oh man, I was spending 20000 a month for this and doing this and doing that. So, you know what I'm saying? Hey, 
if that's if that's how he was getting down kudos man that you know let's all eat man let's you know the yeah, yeah. the little adage of let's all eat and that was your people's and, and shit. you really doing that because <laughs> the way it is now if you really if you say you're doing that and you're not really doing that so all that's gonna happen is a book's gonna come out in yeah, a year exactly. or two that yeah, yeah. yeah i mean get check it out notice we've never seen no explosive ass books about suge knight you know what i mean or no books about you think tons of people around those, these people you haven't heard no no stories about none of them you know what i mean so it's just so crazy how much how much more money the average rapper has these days when the industry collapsed it, you know right. it's it's kind of crazy to me and i know that there's other things at play i understand that they're not making it all off selling cds i know that you know they might have other aspects they might get endorsements they might own a restaurant they might you know what i'm saying or apartment buildings you know you know what i'm saying so um it just yeah. fascinates me how no one buys music but these guys are getting paid five thousand dollars a day to carry an umbrella <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, mean, I know i saw a post alone on some shit like that when we were shooting the movie um uh, what's the worst uh confidential yeah spencer confidential yeah he walked around back and forth regular with a dude holding an umbrella so how much was that dude probably getting you know, yeah. And then you know, sometimes through the youth too. Sometimes you you you'll search some money in a stupid way, you know, and, 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 and you know pay people whatever. But then you realize as time goes, like damn, that shit ain't really the smartest. You know what I'm saying? See, yeah, yeah. One thing about being smart, if you're totally intellectually smart, you're never gonna be stupid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Not if you're intellectually smart, you know what the fuck, you know, what's going on. Yeah. But if you're dumb, if you're dumb, <laughs> I feel like I feel like if you're dumb, you're not going to get dumber. You're, you're already dumb. If that's the case. Recording but, in progress. But you can become smart. You can learn and be smarter. Yeah. But, you, but if you're smart, you're not, if you're smart, you're not gonna never be stupid. Like that's how I look at it. Yeah, or yeah. dumb. You know. I got this big thing on my screen. What what happened? I don't know. I see you. I can see you. Oh, it maybe it's just there. I don't know. Speaking oh, of I, speaking of smart yeah. speaking of being smart and and all that, young Buck apparently has to sell his entire catalog to pay the money he owes fifty cent. Mm. And to me I'm like, how do you owe him money? Yeah, that sounds kind of <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, should it be the other way around. I don't know the ins and outs, but to me, it should be the other way around. That shit sounds asperatus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that shit doesn't sound too true. But like a lot of things in hip hop, the story itself might not be true. But today, <clears throat> as I think we spoke about this before, um, all the monies that people want. Or, or should have maybe got years ago yeah or whatever they want them now yeah yeah. you know when they start looking around and like you said and not making money from cds or whatever they're like well then they use your voice right here 107 times you mm. that, that was a hit record you should be getting money you know what i mean so i hit records with me in the hook but i don't be chasing that right. but i people are chasing that so, see what i'm saying so here it is right here um 50 cent gave young buck in advance of whatever the amount was uh, $250,000 to mm -hmm. create music and he never turned it in. Well, so I guess that's sure. where it all stems from right there. But, but then young, again, you know, young bucks having a tough kind of, go of it. <laughs> that's kind of weird though, because uh, the industry, 
the industry at one point was giving a lot of people money and never put out that music. Yeah. And you didn't have to pay them back. I know that for a fact. <clears throat> you know what I mean? So that's why sometimes that could just be media or whatever. Yeah. Who knows? But I'm just saying, you know, and I, I don't know, but uh speaking of speaking of that paying it back, no <laughs> oh, shit. It ain't really it ain't really paying it back, but Janet Jackson. Oh shit. Had a recent recent uh tour. She's on a tour, but she just um Yeah, I just I went to the show. Well, so, yeah, so she, yeah. And what, her, her show, she she kissed uh, the backup dancer. She tongued him out. Yeah, she did. Uh, so they, the, she, and she grabbed his dick. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, well, so they, they say he tongued, she tongued him down. It says on uh, while completing her set in Austin, Texas, for a Together Again tour, the five-time Grammy-winning singer decided to give fans a show that they'll never forget. She did. Uh, a video clip of the show that surfaced online over the week and sees Janet tonguing down her very attractive, presumably much younger dancer while on stage. The crowd immediately roared with excitement yeah. as Jack continued on with her sensual performance. Yeah. Likewise, the dancer, who has been identified as Dario Boltner, seems more than pleased to be the muse of Miss Jackson. Yeah. Now, Pete, the crazy thing about that, okay, it's Janice Jackson. Janet Jackson was on all the rave. Yeah, yeah. 30 years ago. You know what I mean? Some time ago. And she's the Janet Jackson the Great. But my, my man and the fans, she's still up there slobbing like a young dude. Yeah, yeah. So if anything, if anything, she's on the come up because yeah. like most dudes ain't going around, man, slobbing down old chicks. Yeah, but like if, this, it, if it was Keith Richards slobbing down a 20-year-old, everyone would have something to say about it. You know what I mean? They'd be like, oh, she likes that old ass bastard. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? That's true. That's true. But if anything, she getting her cougar on. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, this dude was sitting there like, okay, I get paid, I dance. And he and he probably could have been um, of a different persuasion. We don't even know. Yeah, but, uh, um, he, I was there. He was. <laughs> so, but you know so, what I mean? I so basically, like, no one, when I saw it, he, they, they were using that, you know that, that, that song she has where there are a lot of people dancing and they're using the chair like there's a bunch of people using chair i forget what song it was what is that that the way love goes maybe that's the one but yeah, they're, yeah. so they're doing they're doing that song and he's sitting in the chair like how i'm sitting she's standing behind him like right here the camera pans in on his crotch she reaches down grabs his dick spins the chair and then they start mm. making up so I, I thought it was. I mean, I, I I'm I'm with you. I was like, this this shit is fucking a little much. But hey, what are you gonna do? Because it's like yeah. people were going crazy for it though. It was nuts. No, like people complain about R. Kelly right now, right? So I remember going to a concert, man, <coughs> and he dropped his drawers, dropped his drawers, grabbed his joint, and was hitting some noint, some so hitting some noint, noint. That's a joint. <laughs> That's a joint and a note. So he was hitting the note for mad long, shaking his joint. Yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, so he's shaking it. His kid, his mother was screaming and girl. It was actually a couple of like young kids screaming. I was like, yo, that's just kind of whack. Yeah. But I just do he got his he got his anybody who ever went to them shows seen it. The dude had his pants down his ankles, make hitting some note and shaking his joint. Obviously, no one had nothing to say about that. Like yeah, yeah. So does, they, does being an artist or a hockey player uh, make you exempt from certain laws like sex like that's that's a sex crime right there hockey for example they let two men fist fight you know what i'm saying 
<laughs> yeah, and you it's like, I mean? but it's, they don't get in trouble after the game. The cops don't come. They literally let it happen, and and it's just <laughs> one thing they do get in trouble with though, which is, I still think is crazy, but I guess they, they should is when they be hitting a motherfucker with a stick. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, they, they hit a motherfucker with a stick. You know what I mean? Then it's like they the police coming or whatever. I was the first but, guy uh, to take my skate off and try to stab somebody. <laughs> you know. Uh, on another note, man, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, we 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 are sitting tight. Uh we we record this the same night uh as well as well, I know we might have to change that. No, it's all good. But uh, they know. They Miami, know. <laughs> uh, no, Miami uh, is playing Denver. It's tied at two one. Yeah. I mean, at one, one, one as yeah. we speak. Other game will be in a little while, so you know it's uh, it's uh, we'll see what happens, man. You know, I, I still think Denver could pull it out, but if Miami does, it'll be great because it's like I don't have a dog in the fight, but it's it's grimy, gritty way they would have done that, you know, in shooting and things like that. So yeah. And then an eight seed that wasn't supposed to be there. So, and once you're there, and you're there this far, you do belong there. You know what I mean? So, sure. So, shout out to them. You know, we'll what do you think? Catch up. What do you think of this lineup? We going? Run DMC, Snoop Dogg, Lil Wayne, Ice Cube, Eve, Lil Kim, Remy Ma, Trina, Ti, Fatjo, Common, Ferg, uh, EPMD, Ghostface Hill, Lupe Fiasco, Slick Rick, DJ Cool Herc. Uh, Grandmaster Kaz, Curtis Blow, Melly Mel, Roxanne Shante, the Sugar Hill Gang, Yankee Stadium, coming up this summer. Isn't that a fucking insane lineup? Yeah, man. And, and, and what, 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 did they say what the date was? Uh, sorry, I don't have my glasses. Give me one second. August 11th. Yeah, so that's some shit you write. might really be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm going. Like I think that. we're going. I think they and Joan Podcast will be in the building. <laughs> yeah, for real, for real. We with that. Well, listen... Um, you know, we, you know how we gotta move shit or whatever. But um, you know, I, I I think I got something to to say. You know, it's it's about that time unless you want to say something else. I got some more things, but uh, whatever you want. Yeah, but we gotta tap in with dude. Yeah, yeah. You, you can send you can send them send them the message. Uh, I, I already uh, sent it to him, so uh, but I don't know if you saw it. So you you can follow up with him if you right, want. Right, because because you know I, I got my stairs and his. You know, so if you want uh, talk oh, you're about using, something. You're using the phone? Yeah. Let me check. No, uh, no, I'm on the screen. Oh, okay. I see you. I just wanted to say, uh, well, before you get into that part of the week, to, uh, he, said he's ready, he said he's ready to rock anyway. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, he, just tell him to call in and we'll, we'll, we'll let him in. I want to say, yeah, rest in peace. Chug, did you ever give anybody the camel clutch growing up? Did I get what? The camel clutch. <laughs> Uh, dog, you gotta remember, I was giving out them hoes, man, real talk. That's what I'm saying. You, you ever gave it to anybody? Oh, yeah. You <laughs> mostly the DDT and uh, the pile drive. Uh, I definitely pile drive. And all this, this this activity was on concrete. But um, I definitely <laughs> pile I definitely suplex. Uh, yes. What else did I do? Um, so, uh, yes. rest in peace to the Iron Sheik passed away this morning. Iron Sheik, I peeped that too, man. You know what I'm saying? Wrestling, you know, I definitely, wrestling legend. I, I definitely ran a few heads into the turnbuckle that really wasn't turnbuckles. But uh, you know what I mean? It's it just how life was at the time, you know? And you realize you're in the streets emulating this wrestling shit, but it really wasn't. It was really painful. And then the, but, la um, the last thing, the people who made the last dance documentary have announced their next subject will be Barry Bonds. 
Oh, oh that'll be a good one, man. Yeah, so we're looking forward to that. But it is that'll the, be a good one. Seems I want to see that. Shout out to um, Gangstar. Uh, this week it was their thirty fourth year on the No More Mr. Nice Guy debut album. Yep. With Google Implement. So that's thirty four years old today. Or well, not today, but this week. So. Man, shout out to that man. You know, and rest in peace, my brother Goo. What's up, brother? Peace, brothers. How y'all doing, man? Good, Good man. man. Was in the um, right here. Was in the teacher mode. I was like, wait a minute. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the yeah. word, the mouth was moving, but nothing was coming out. Like so, we right? Yeah. You think I would have this down by now? As much as I use Zoom with with classes and stuff like that, but on the phone, it's a whole different animal. So I'm, I'm using my phone this time. But here we are. Yeah, no question. And listen, we're glad to have you here. Um yeah. <laughs> acrobatic. Uh, so what we wanted to do, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> what we want to do is uh you to get the fans kind of like a backstory, the ones who might not know about you, where you come from, and how this began, acrobatic, and why you even matter now and, and going forward. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you know, I the the brief version of that. <laughs> you know, is that um, I I started out basically, you know, just as as a regular kid growing up in Dorchester. Uh, my family, in as far as like our Boston roots, first started off in Cambridge, and then you know we started moving around a little bit. And Dorchester is where my family was by the time I was born. So we we uh, were in the Cobman Square area. So. You know, I'm right, I'm right there in the mix. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I'm right between like, you know, you go one way, and and you're looking at like Grove Hall. You go the other way, and it's like you know Simcoe's, Simcoe's and and, and Mattapan and stuff like that. So it's like a, a nice. It felt centralized as far as the hood went. Like you could get to any hood from from where I was pretty easily. Um and and you know just. I mean, really, really just getting into hip hop was about my, my mom, you know, like really just like playing the records around the house just because she had me around the time where hip hop was really just starting. So like, you know, when the first rap records was coming out, I was just still a little kid. And, and, and so, you know, these records were getting thrown into the mix, you know, like the message and the birthday rap and it's the joint and all that stuff was getting thrown into the mix with all of the, the funk and soul and R&B classics that her and her friends and everybody was listening to at the time too. So hip hop just kind of naturally uh, just fell into my lap. And then um, eventually she bought me my own vinyl and my, my own my own first record that I got to use on on the on the record player in my grandparents' house. And that was um, the Sucker MC's joint. Oh, it's like that on, on the B side, you know. So that was that was my first record, and I I wore that out. And then eventually, I just wanted to be Run DMC. And then <laughs> the older kids in the in the neighborhood would hook me up with like you know mixtapes and things like that. Right. And I would get to hear the, the local radio shows. And then it was Kumo D for me. I mean, you you know how it is with, with us MCs. It's like we all hear fly styles from other MCs and it inspires us to want to be dope too and come up with our own stuff that that's influenced by what they've done. So, you know, that that was really what it was, just like hearing all of the dope MCs and just, you know, being because of the fact that I was that one step younger, that one generation younger, I really was completely bought into it. I wasn't seeing these folks as my as my, you know, 
uh, peers. I was seeing them, all of y'all, you know what I'm saying? Right. To me, it was like superheroes, you know what I'm saying? The Gangstar Foundation was like superheroes to me. Right. So, right. so I just wanted to one day, you know, get a seat at that table, you know? Right. And so it, right. I didn't know how long of a grind it was going to be, but that the, the, the real fun of it all is that. You know what I mean? Like getting on the Greyhound bus and going to New York City to do an open mic That's and stuff like that. That's crazy. Not to cut you, but like how old were you when you started, you know, to rap and put this thing together in that manner? Well, I, I mean, I had I had my first little like rhyme writing partner when we was in like probably third grade. You know what I'm saying? We was writing we was writing songs. It was like people like real old school Boston heads might remember me as Stud B from when I was a teenager, like like 15, 16 years old or whatever. And like and before that, you know, nine, ten years old, I was MC Stud. Like that name, yeah, it sounds silly now, but back then that was a word that you would hear more in mainstream talk. Oh, the guy's a stud, you know, Big John Stud versus Andre the Giant, that type of thing. <clears throat> so me and my man, he he was MC Tick and I was MC Stud and we that's my man Tehran. Wherever you are out there, brother, salute, man, because that's my real start. Like nine years old, writing rhymes in class when we're supposed to be studying, and then we make the little pause mixtapes. You know what I'm saying? We get get the little clips of the instrumental off the radio show, and then loop them over and over manually until we had long enough of a beat to to make a song with. And you know, when it would loop, it would be off beat because we just two kids using the cassette, but it was as close as we could get. So I was getting the real experience of like DIY. We're using the technology that that is we have access to and and trying to make something out of nothing and we did that we had whole albums you know what i'm saying like on cassettes i wish i still had them but you know i got jumped by some older kids when oh, i was like 13 and they, and they took my bag with all my demo tapes man that shit still hurts excuse my language yeah. when you first found out you could put a piece of paper in the in the cassette and make your own tape man that was like that was life changing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You could just, you could just overdub what? Yeah. Yo, I, I overdubbed some albums that was kind of right in order yeah, to have my exactly, own album yeah. on it. You know what I'm saying? So it's necessity and, and resources, bro. That, that's what it's all about. We, we've been on that. So, I mean, it really is like a, I consider myself a child of hip hop. You know what I mean? I was born nine months almost to the day after the party on Sedgwick Ave. You know what I mean? Oh, like, dang. So, yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's real, man. Like, cool. uh, what that was August seventy three. I'm May seventy four. So, like, literally almost nine months. And you know, from there, <laughs> my cool. whole life has just been like a hip hop life, man. Like everything I've done, just about has been connected to hip hop or you know rap in some way. And mm -hmm. it's just it's been real good to me, man. So, so you know, now I'm just I'm in give back mode and still enjoying that too. But you know, the earliest earliest start was that right rhymes in school. My man Tehran. And then, um, you know, just hanging out with kids around the neighborhood and just, you know, doing that more. We had little, like, beefs, you know, we, we was just playing, but we had beefs around the way where, like, oh, my man Isaac from two blocks over thinks he the nicest. He gonna come over with his boombox tomorrow and play some beats and we gonna battle, you know what I'm saying? And then all the kids are gonna be there like, ooh, and then be talking about it forever. So by the time I came up with the name Acrobatic, you know, that that coincided with my introduction to cannabis around age 19. You know what I mean? And, and so once once that happened, I started exploring and using my imagination more in my music and just in my art in general. And yeah. So, so, yeah, 19, I would say, was the age where I really started to to go for it. Like, oh, I'm going to try to be a rapper out here with the 
with the rest of them. I mean, I was still doing that when I was younger. I had my demo tape, Pebbles, Pebbles at WILD played my, my first demo tape for me, you know what I mean? But like in terms of like really trying to go out here and, and, and go at it at like a professional, um, I, I feel like I finally figured out my way during those years of like 19 to 21. No, it's, crazy too. it's crazy that to, for you to say, um, so your first uh, Pebbles played the demo tape, right? Um, on ILD, right? Mm -hmm. and so years prior, it me and Guru, you know, the first joint we had like recorded, they played on ILD. You know what yeah, I mean? Way, they were supportive. You know what I mean? Way like, it, what it was, was it was a, um, it was a, a, a show, a, 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 a Challenge the talent thing or whatever a challenge. Yeah, and yep. so R and B they wanted us to win, but hip hop was still kind of newish. And yep. this R and B girl, she won. She was number one. We was number two. But Candy okay. Eastman at the time was like you know pushing our stuff. And that first joint, playing that, you know what I'm wow. saying? Um, you know, obviously we went on to do the things we did and the rest of peace, my brother grew, but. The girl, that was it. So I'm saying that the, the history could even been changed a bit if if she was even like, yo, let's let these dudes win because then you were gonna get a recording and then it's right. like single situation. You know what I mean? So but it's I mean, true, man. There, there's a whole bunch of that in the game where it's like, you know, it's almost like the choose your own adventure books. You know, you go to door number one or door number two, and that just branches you off in a whole different direction. It's true. It's gonna break that door. So where did you get um like the name acrobatic and what does that mean? You know, cause when I first heard it, me, <laughs> it, was, it was like, you know, being hip hop, it could be two things. I thought it was like you know, flipping flip rhymes. This dude could be like a gymnast type motherfucker once, <laughs> once upon a time in his life or right. the lyrical <laughs> acrobatic, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so that's how I took it, yeah. that was my thought process when I heard it, but what is the actuality in the name? So. You know? Well, thanks for asking that, man, because I don't get that many opportunities to explain it. You know, it's just been a name people have been hearing for so long. They just kind of accept it for what it is. But yeah, so it's a few things. The first thing was I, I, I knew that the name Stud B wasn't the name I wanted to take into my adulthood as an MC. You know what I'm saying? So like once it once it was the 90s, it was like, OK, I'm ready to move on from that. Um, so like that was like the first thing I did after I finished high school was like I'm changing my name. So I wanted to have a name that sounded cool, that sounded like one, it sounded like a name you would see on a big flyer on a concert and it would just be something that was just larger than just a person's name. You know, it obviously had to have something coming with it if it's if this is a person and it's one guy and they're called that. So I wanted to have I wanted to have that effect, but then there was the flipping rhymes like an acrobatic, you know. Um, Big Daddy Kane had the record Warm It Up Kane where he's like, come get some, you little bum. I take the cake, but you can't get a crumb from the authentic, ultimate, superior, ultimate, and all that good shit. Then he says, I'm the original Asiatic acrobatic. There you have it. And I get dramatic. And the way he dropped that word in the line, I always thought it was so cool. And then I started to hear the line in a, in a couple other people, I mean, the word in a couple other people's rhymes, uh, LL Cool J said it, you know, on 1-900 LL Cool J, he's like, I'm easy, addict, acrobatic. And I'm like, ooh, not only does that name sound kind of cool, but it's on all this vinyl where we could catch it and do scratches yeah. with it and stuff <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? And then I'm thinking about like marketing, it just sound cool. It just sounded like something that 
would make people want to maybe peel back a layer and figure out exactly what that's about. Um, and and then the, the last part of it is just like I said, like having that larger than life kind of we're all like superheroes in this game. Like I, I looked up to so many of y'all as like the people who define exactly what it was I was trying to accomplish. And everybody just had such a cool name. You know, the only very few MCs were using their regular names and those cats, it seemed like it was the right thing to do because their names oh, sounded so cool. Yeah. You know what I'm <laughs> Keith Murray and Eric Sermon, yeah. just, those names just sounded dope to me. My name, I'm like, nah, that's not a rap name. I need, you know, I need something with a little bit of more, you know, a little bit more pizzazz to it. So that that's what that was about. Did, um, did, doing, did doing A to the K like help help like get your name out there even more would be real yeah yeah you know man you guys are bringing up the good stuff man because <laughs> no 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 seriously because i feel like if if i ever if i ever fumbled anything in my career it was it was that particular record not because i mean i like the single you know what i'm saying i love it, it it's it's definitely a song at my shows it gets people hype and i have be real one of the icons of the industry on there on the hook with me yeah. but i just made such a dumb decision when i sent the record to b he he laid a verse down in addition to the hook and when i sent it to him it was like yo this is kind of like this is gonna be my record where I'm coming out like, yo, I'm acrobatic. Y'all yeah. gonna know me. I'm saying my name right here. And so in my mind, I was like, oh man, if I throw this be real verse on there, that's gonna take away from the whole point that I'm coming out here as a solo artist trying to establish myself, you know, as a solo MC aside from perceptionist and all that. And having to maybe have the crutch of this great MC coming on here to make the record bigger might take away from the point of what I was trying to do. And so I just had him on the hook and my plan was to put him on the remix for the song on yeah. a different beat. And then my hard drive crashed and I never got the opportunity to, to get it uh-huh. done. So that that's the fumble part for me, you know? And, and, you know, it's just one of those things. I just, I just know the next time I see Be Real, I'm still gonna still feel a little bit of that. Like, oh man, my bad dog. I hear where you're coming <laughs> from though. That, that makes sense uh, what you're saying. I don't think you should like feel like you made the wrong choice. It's just something unfortunate happened. Like you, you probably you, know, you probably yeah. made the right choice, but something unfortunate happened for your for your remix. But you know what? I mean, you still got the feature. It's still when you get the record. When you look at the the song, it still says feature. Be real. So all those people who do want to yeah. click, click on it because he's on yeah, it. Just, it's just that on the creative side, you know, just being able to to rhyme verse for verse next to one of my favorite MCs. You yeah. know what I mean? It just it was an opportunity missed. I, I hear what you're saying, though. You know, maybe I shouldn't hang my head about it too bad, but. You know, I, and I guess, hey, if that's that's what I feel was my biggest fumble, then I'm an all right running back. <laughs> nah, hang that head. Nah, hang that head. Fuck that. But what I'm saying, on some real shit, though. Thanks, OG. I know, I know, nah, I know exactly what you mean because, um, so there was a, uh, an artist, man. Uh, I don't even really have to say his name, but the same thing happened. The uh, uh, premier was producing him. And producing these records, it was actually an artist he was dealing with. And they talked about having this single come out, you know, which was Premier Produce and whatever at this time, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and Dude puts out this other thing, you know, that was just totally like, because he wanted to be like, yo, I don't want to come out and, you know, like this is a Premier record, like whatever, I, I want to do my own thing. I've seen that happen mad times, 
Right. Yeah, see, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I mean, you come on, saying? if you go in the premiere, you go in the premiere, you're putting that out. Well, well, see, but there's a few cats that did it that way and they waited. They wanted right. to wait, but to me, it didn't, it, that didn't make sense. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you're going to rock with that. Go ahead and rock. Yeah. You know, I should have just dropped both versions the same day. Right. I'm, right? A, I'm a waiter. Yo, I, I'm a waiter. I got a verse from Be Real still on my hard drive from 2004. <laughs> you know, so I'm, I wait hey, on cool, I wait man. on shit. That man's amazing. Hey, that's crazy. That's crazy too. Because I'm not, I was I'm not I judging you. anybody. I, I wait. Hey, no, listen. Yeah. That's crazy because I thought you were talking about when you worked at 99. <laughs> oh, oh, 94. You mean? Oh no, he said he was a waiter. I, I, oh. I thought he was going to talk about working at 99. I didn't know. <laughs> well, go ahead. Nah, <laughs> not me. Nah, man. I'm with you. Man, you are waiting. Danger Zone record, one of the illest. What you need? My box real quick. Hey, well, yeah. Danger Zone so, record. That's when it finally hits. That's the illest, and it's been a long time. Yeah. So me, well, and, me and Shug did a song in 2004, the same era that that uh, the the Be Real record, and some some shit had happened, and I lost my hard drives, but I got them back years later, and the Be Real verse, big sh all these verses on there. Oh man. And um, so anyway, I, I remake a beat for the Big Shug song, and I send it to him, and he goes, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> I was like, this is a song we did 18 years ago, <laughs> or whatever, however long yeah, it was ago. Yeah, man, it's like that, yo. I, I mean, <laughs> yo, time goes by so fast, and this hip-hop music especially, I believe, is just so timeless because of, like, the nostalgia that it brings up. Like, it's, it's ironic that it's timeless because we are addressing what's going on in the time period that we're in. You know what I mean? It's like, it's the type of music where more than maybe any other type of music, when you hear it, you can tell when it was made, you know, if not by the style of production, then definitely by the style of maybe the flow or just the, the subject matter. And yeah. that makes it timeless because 50 years from now, they're going to know how we felt about Hurricane Katrina or Donald Trump or whatever. You know what I mean? They're going to know how hip hop felt about they're gonna it. Be confused about, they're going to be confused about Donald Trump. <laughs> they're gonna be confused about donald trump because it started with everybody saying i'm like donald trump like i bread i got bread i'm rich i'm rich and then political that's very true political donald trump came in and everyone's like fuck donald trump i hate donald trump <laughs> yeah, yeah that's why you got to put the timeline with it though you know what i mean because because yeah. you because you're right like uh like when Nas is like like trump up down up yeah, yeah, play yeah. with cash like, it's funny how it's you know and even my man terminology had a dope line where he was like you know i'll, I'll buy enough and guns the open trump towers of my own you know <laughs> and he all control the slums yo that it's like yeah he was just synonymous with money for a time yeah, yeah. But, but i think politically yeah. now you'll see yeah. though that we we understand it hip-hop understands that stuff and gives it you know the the more honest spin than i think anything else does oh yeah and speaking of um you know well so your name is is like you said you want to see it look bigger um, yeah uh, That's why I put the K's on there too. Right. You know, so then, more rock and roll. So, so is that the same thought process when you connect <clears throat> with brother Mr. Lift and it says the perceptionist? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a long ass name too. Right. Maybe. That's true. And how I, did, I never thought of it that way. You tell us how that came about too, but the perceptionist, but yeah, you know. So, so one day, so, so me and Liv, we used to just hang out all the time. Like, so when we met, we were like 21, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So we were playing video games all the time and stuff. And what were y'all playing? What were y'all playing? Oh, what all the sports joints, you know, NBA that? Live, you know, NHL and FIFA and all those joints. 
<clears throat> and and like sometimes the WWF joints when we wanted to get chaotic with it. Oh, and also Twisted Metal and Bushido Blade. That yeah. that's pretty much the whole list. Y'all was Bushido Blade. Y'all was wild. Playing all them shits, y'all crazy, man. Wow. Yeah, we was Go wild. Twisted Metal. Like we got to the point where we could beat the game co-op on the hardest difficulty without losing a life. We'd be staked out. He'd be at the top of the Eiffel Tower, and I'd be <laughs> on the streets, like <laughs> curving around blocks at two miles an hour, sniping cats. Like it was crazy. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> I was gaming hard, buddy. Go ahead, man. Oh, Go yeah. Ahead. And in between game, every time we finish a game, then it would be like, all right. I'm gonna work on this beat for a half an hour. You write eight bars. You know what I'm saying? And then before we knew it, we just had a bunch of material to go do shows with. Who was making the beats, him or you? No. Both of us. Uh, oh, Both okay. of us. <clears throat> yeah, so in the early days, like in our, our earliest material, even though he had a solo EP and I had a solo EP, you know, we were producing stuff for each other before we actually became a group. Mm -hmm. So that that's why the group kind of happened so quick because once we decided to actually officially do it, we already had everything ready to go. You know what I mean? We just needed to, yeah, we needed to make some some new songs for a new album, but like our routine, our chemistry, and all that, the camaraderie had already been there because we we met up in like '95, you know, and so by the time we put our first album out together, it was '05. So so the perceptionist name that just came from. One of those days where I'm at his crib, we just working on some music, you know, mostly beats, just working on beats because he had a he had a crazy vinyl collection at his crib, mm -hmm. um, at his mom's crib. You know, we, we came up like brothers. And so one one day I was just standing in his kitchen and he walked into the kitchen and he was like, yo, I think I know what our name is, dog. And I was like, what's that? He was like, receptionist. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I bet. <laughs> and ever since then, we've just been the perceptionist. Like there, there wasn't nothing no crazier than that to because it. There's you a know third. I mean? There's it's a third, really... isn't there? A third member. The D, yeah, D, DJ Fax One. Fax Actually, one. there was yeah, yeah. originally four of us. We had DJ Sense also. Oh wow. Um, yeah. So so we would do shows. Fax we'd have one. it was it was real promising. We'd have like you know me and Lip on the mic, and we'd have two DJs up on stage with us at the same time, and we were really having having some fun. But it just didn't pan out, you know. There was there was a lot of work that went into keeping that going, hmm. and because everybody had all these other ambitions outside of music, you know, like Fax is 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 big into like race cars and stuff like that, and like working on race cars. He he like he runs he runs a, a automotive shop. Um, since ended up. Uh, being an executive at Nike, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He started off at New Balance. Now he's like a big wig at Nike. So it's like, you yeah, know, perceptions. yeah, perception <laughs> is, is me and Lyft now, you know, you know, but, but those guys are always going to be the extended family. I mean, since, you know, he left earlier, but Fax basically decided that he was going to um, start his family at the time when the group was about to start touring. And that's the only reason why he didn't remain part of the group because even to this day he still made he's made beats for us and shit like that like you know some of my favorite tracks with with lip are produced by facts in in the last like 10 years oh that's crazy too because you know everything's always a learning experience as well no matter what because i never knew that you made beats i just used to know about you know you rhyming you know what i mean so yeah and 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 you know some people always have these different sides and different elements but i know it was also a dope time too as we move along, um, 
and we all did that record together. Ah. You know, um, so with, you know, when I like see, see, it's crazy because and and coming from Boston and just being, you know, MCs and stuff like that, and it might I'm, I might have been a little bit before or whatever, and continue mm -hmm. to do my thing. But it was always a thing like, um, you know, people had styles, you know, like me, I, I had like, a, um, you know, straightforward, hardcore type style, like, you know, get up in your gut type. You know what I mean? Yeah. Guys that, uh, 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 um, that's, that's why we love you, Shub. That's huh? why we love you. That's, well, that's you why mean, we love you, bro. I appreciate that. But at the same time, then I listen to you, then I'm hearing uh, verbal wordplay type shit. Cause it, yeah. diff, a different flow, but the flow was 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 had a uh, uh, the vernacular was like heavy, like there was a lot of lyric in it. You know what I mean? So, and I think you had other guys. G squared rapped. Huh? <laughs> I said, and then G squared rapped. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, <laughs> shout out to my homie G squared. That's my guy. There's different, there's different elements though. And he it made the beat too, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 he did. But the shit, the shit was ill. <laughs> the shit was ill, cause. Like, and I don't know how they put it together. I just know when I was doing my verse, then I heard the last part and I was like, oh shit, okay. Everybody came right, you know what I mean? It is a Boston shit. I mean, do, do you ever think about that or, or what was your mindset going into that, you know? Yeah. That was just an absolute honor, man. That goes back to what I was saying. Like, this, this was a major step towards what I was talking about in terms of like getting that seat at the table with with the MCs that I've always looked up to because now here's the MCs locally that I've always looked up to coming to me and saying, yo, literally, we got a seat at the table for you. You know what I'm saying? All you got to do is go in and hold it down and it's yours. Yeah. And so I, I was going into writing that verse like, you know, look, looking back on it, it's, it's, it's a verse, it's eight bars. But at the time I was like, yo, I'm gonna make sure this is the dopest shit any of these niggas ever heard ever. You know what I'm saying? And like really trying to make sure that I impressed everybody. And then to think that, you know, I got to, to be last on the track, which like, for those that really know, like getting to be last on a posse cut, that's a and, really honorable and, spot. And, I, I, it's been I mean? it's been a long time, but don't you say your neighborhood is your last bar? Isn't your, isn't? Isn't that the last thing? It's you the said? first bar. My rap styles changed like Rodman's hair. Is acrobatic representing oh, okay. Rodman's Yeah, okay. I knew it was. I knew you. Yo, to, to this day, to this day, that's one of my rhymes that most people, that more people will come up to me and quote than anything yeah, else. Yeah. You know, yeah. like people, people are proud that that I said that because it's like you, there's not a whole lot of references to Cobb and Square on record yeah. anywhere. That was music. So, so as far as I know, it's one of the only ones, if not the only one. So that. You know, being the person that got to rep in that way, that was, you know, that was real positive. Was, um, I got to was Guru already on the song when you laid your verse or was that a late addition? I think I, mean, I, think I knew he was going to be on the song, but he hadn't laid his verse yet. Okay. Rest you know, his soul. It's crazy. I know he's, he's it's crazy how he, he said um, when people heard Common Square. So, yeah. and how they were honored by that and they were, they, that's our shit. That was the same thing with me when it comes to matter pan, you know, yeah. like worldwide, yeah. like be, uh, anybody who says it now, whatever, that's cool because it's represented. But I was the original like matter pan, so. and then I remember I did a song on a uh, group homes album, uh, uh, serious rap shit, SRS, and I said some shit like, um, and once once again, it's the roughneck nigga from Boston. Right, and then I said, uh, you get caught, one line was you get caught up like Ted Kennedy in Chappaquiddick. 
So because I spit that for you to be in New England or whatever, you really knew like, oh shit, this dude's from, because that's when people didn't see all the video all the time. And they heard records and they were like, oh, this dude's from Boston, who is this dude? Then they found out it was me and then they're like, oh, sure, I heard when you said, you know what I mean? So yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm always I'm always trying to like emphasize that aspect of, of the culture to my students, you know, in the classes that I teach because, you know, Everybody sees the the mainstream hip hop and and you you can observe that and and take it on a case by case basis however you want. But when you research independently or like research different cities and their scenes, like who is actually representing for those cities is just as important. You know what I mean? Like it's always cool to say, oh yeah, we had this person from here blow up, but like most cities have their legends where it's like yo this person's been repping for our city since way back like you know like e40 yeah. you know what i'm saying he's the mayor in the bay it don't matter <laughs> what he does you know what i'm saying you just walk in and it's just love like he said like you know when i pull up people gather around like the ice cream truck you know what i mean like and that's how that's how all the other genres do it with their legends and their icons and so we need to reinforce that in hip-hop that you know, it's not just about who's popping now, because if we do that, then we'll always just be forgetting what happened. Maybe. If we, if, if we, if we continue to, you know, maintain that connections with the people who got us here and the people whose shoulders we're standing on and all of that, then that's how the, the culture can stand for a long time and they can't revise the history and rewrite what happened because we all are sharing with each other what's what's been going on and we passing the torch. And nobody has to be afraid of passing the torch because really you just lending the torch and you know you lighten that torch and now both torches are lit and everybody just keep going until they're done because we don't know who's going when so you know i, I like the opportunity that teaching gives me to stay connected to the, the younger generations too and to let them know about what, what we all were doing and what you guys were doing before that on top of that, right? I was, I was, I was feeling the Wonder Twin Power shit, like real quick. But I, I'm waiting. I was waiting for it, you know, just to happen. I remember y'all had some cartoon uh, cover on one of them shits, one yeah. of them album covers, and you know how they always make you look superhero in them shits. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've seen y'all. Yeah, I was like dope. I was like yo, hey, you know how they do it. You love that. Even my my logo, the original one, with Big Sug holding up the name. Yeah. It's like it makes you. Forever Eston Stone, like that superhero. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Yo, if, if I had it my way, every time anybody saw me, it would be an animated cartoon character. <laughs> you know, just picking up buildings and throwing them at people and shit like that, like whatever. Hey, I, we got you here. So I, this, I was explaining to Jay Rue, because we were talking about the levels of songs anyway. And Snoop Dogg being a big, um, I was talking to DL, Snoop Dogg being a big artist and bigger than Jay Rue. But, I was trying to explain to him at the time how at that specific time, this thing was really big. He was pretty big in the East Coast, J. Rue. But yep. I said, some songs you got to check. And one, if you probably peeped it, uh, was The Prophet. You oh, yeah, of course. And do you remember Do you remember that video, though? You Can't Stop The Prophet. Yeah, the video with the animators, the right, animated characters. Right. But they was just like moving photos, like right. that were moving on the screen. It was dope. Super it was creative. dope. That's what I'm saying. It was like you kind of almost lived that song through that video. You could feel yes. that whole shit. That's what yes. I meant. The power of it. First of all, the album was crazy. But that's yeah. what I was telling him. You got to take that trip. Jay Rue was a dude who was spitting factual, 
right? Yeah. Also yeah. making it like fly, like because you got Prime at his, yeah. at his apex with the beats. Yo, I think that there's there's very very few MCs who I enjoy listening to more on Primo beats than J. Rude. Like his his whole those whole first two albums, I love every song. Like I I love the Wrath of the Math album. You know what I'm saying? Like I was lived it. I I know. I, yeah. It's crazy you said that because when you said the first two albums, then the third one is when he, he took control of the beat maker. That's my yep. brother, you know, but he he's older now, so he realizes, like, damn. Well, I mean, it, it's like, how how can you be anyone? It's going to be a drop-off from, from anyone, for anyone from Premiere. Like, okay, pr Premiere produced the last album. Now, like, who can produce the next one in order for it not to be a drop-off? There's, like, maybe two people, like Timbaland. You know what I'm saying? Like, it probably stops there. You know what? But some people that, that exhibited... Um, the growth of it and the and and what you had to do which i feel like what you had to do mm -hmm. is get the next uh producer catch them hot because right. if you think about it so jay uh a jay-z and nas they fucked with cream heavy like when they first came out they was like biggie too they all of them you see what i'm yeah. saying it became a point where, where it shifted and they went in the other directions and they were meeting the just blazes and the other, you know, uh, dudes at the time like, that were coming up and Timberland and Dre and different things. But at first it was heavy praying. So that's yeah. the difference where some of these cats, like maybe if, if, if he made a, if he made a move, you know what I mean? It got like that next type of producer or something. And maybe, you know, it's a different story. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, but regardless, man, J. Rue is a legend, man. He, he's left his mark on, on the lyricist game. Yeah. Delibly, you know what I'm saying? I know you know that as well as anybody. And and as far as Prem, I'm just thinking, like, while you're saying this, I'm like, yeah, Prem's just the best. Like, all my favorite MCs, my favorite songs of theirs are when they linked up with Prem. Yo, I have always been a Busta Rhymes fan, you know what I'm saying? Like, my, my dog is named Busta. Yeah. Like, he, all of this. I'm in, in awe of Busta Rhymes. He finally, on an album that he put out around the time of the pandemic, did a joint with Preem. Right. And I almost destroyed my studio when I heard that shit because it was you know so what? dope. It you, know what's, like, you know what's so sad about what you said? Term Term has that? a song with Primo and Busta Rhymes. And it, yeah. ca it came out... Oh, like, he does? Yeah, it came out like, I don't know, five, six years ago. And yeah, I don't know if I heard that. Yeah, check it out. I, I, I'm a big Term fan. I got to go back and check that out. Yeah, definitely. Let me see what it is. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to check that one out. The, the jam that, I guess this is because it's on like a, an yeah, official yeah. Busta album. So so I just, it, I caught wind of it a lot easier, more easily. But the, it's, it's uh, the joint True Indeed. And he, and he got the cut from Wuha where he's like, Busta rhymes up in the place. <laughs> but it's pre-cutting so, it. So you know it's going to be the dopest shit ever. As soon as so, he is on the wheels. That's the thing. Because it's like he's the best producer. But he also might be the best DJ as far as like turntablists that you would want scratching on a record. Oh, yeah. Some DJs get on a record and they're like, oh my God, this is my chance to show everybody that I'm the illest DJ in the whole world that ever I'd lived. Like, oh my God, here you go. I'd Check like, out this course. And I'd, like to know who, just like, I'm sorry. I'd like to know uh, who created it, like who created the scratch hook, but whoever created it, like he is, he, no, mas he mastered it. Like when he you think of a scratch hook, it's DJ Premier. That's what you think of. There's yeah. no second guy. Yeah, I think we have Grand Wizard Theodore <laughs> to thank for the actual idea of making, you know, scratching be seen as instrumentalism. Oh, okay. But like, 
Yeah, I agree. I agree with you, GL man. Like, yo, Premier just he turns it into like this beautiful, essential part of the the musical genre. I mean, that, like, I mean making it like remember, making the sentences out of out of the cuts the way that he's always done, and crazy. the people that have been influenced to do the same thing. Like we're 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 coming. Like I I told you before, we're working on an album, and it's like when I feed it to him. I, I sometimes I might give him a couple of lines from some shit I might have heard, but then I know mm -hmm. when he comes back like the, that verse, that hook is crazy too. It's like oh shit, or he might be able because I might have sang something. He'll be like, yeah. oh, I left that part, but this part. I, see, I don't, I don't know Cream nearly as well as you do, Shug, but it's always been my theory that he really listens to a lot of rap music, or he can rap himself because. Yeah. He just knows exactly where everything is supposed to drop all the time. He, sometimes he'll drop something from a record and a hook, and it sounds doper in the hook than it did in the rhyme that he sampled. It. <laughs> yeah, like uh, right. Snoop Dogg when he scratches, uh, Dear God, I wonder, can you save me? Right, like just... stuff like that. Exactly. <laughs> it just sounds yeah, so I dope can... when he does it. Yeah, it's crazy. Let me ask you a question because, you know, got a couple of moves. I got a couple. Uh, can I just ask you one thing, Suge? Because yeah. speaking of that, just because it's directly connected, and I've always wanted to know, is that your your voice on uh, Nas' second childhood when it's like when I float for the streets? Is that you? Um, I don't know. I have to check that again. <laughs> okay, I just I just know that Premier has all, all your acapellas. He, so does, I always he, that does use, he does use a lot of them, and I won't even know. So yeah. I hear the song, and then I'll be like. Oh shit, that's me. Uh, one, you know what I mean? one thing before so one thing before that, Shug, before our listeners. The song is called Little Fame and Terminology featuring Busta Rhymes and Styles P. I just peeped it. Play Dirty just, oh. by D, produced by DJ Premier. Um, but, oh, that's I'm yeah, but I, I know you love I know you love Busta Busta on the Primo, so I figured you'd want to check that one I, out. I got it. Terminology is also one of my favorite MCs and salute to Styles P. I got to meet him last year when we did a show together. All those brothers are real as hell, man. Hell yeah. And like when I say terms one of my favorite MCs, it ain't just because I'm from Mass and it ain't just because I know him. I really think that he's one of the most prolific and one of the smartest MCs in the game. His album uh, hood politics. He he got music that is for every occasion. I know everybody yeah. leans towards whatever it is that they feel the most, but I feel like he got music for everybody. He's a real dope MC. I've known him since he was a kid in high school. He used to cut school to come open up for us at shows. Just incredible. I feel, dude. I feel he's one of the dope ones too, I, and I tell him that. You know, um, I got a couple of questions uh, real quick before I get out of town. Yes, sir. So, how did you become? Um, this teaching thing, like in, in brief, you know, because I know you just mentioned like, you know, in a couple of your classes, but what's the situation? How did that become? So that was something that chose me. Um, I was, uh, you know, over the years I had been known to maybe come in and like visit with like school music classes and do little workshops, maybe teach them the like earliest introductions of how to make a beat or you know, just kind of come in and tell my story a little bit to let them know that, you know, you can be from the hood in Boston and still connect with people around the world and, and do things through art and through hip hop. So there was a background of that. And, and so there was a there's a professor at UMass Boston named Rachel Rubin, and she had a class that was called um, Music in Pop Society or uh, yeah, something along those lines. Uh, and yeah, like pop music in mainstream culture or something like that. <laughs> and so she uh, called me and asked me to just as a guest artist come in and talk to her class because she was doing a unit on hip hop. 
And when I walked in that day to do that, she had the message bumping as I walked into the room. So the vibe, the vibe just felt right, right off the bat. I'm like, wait, this is a college class and she's bumping the message. This is, you know, like a, a older white lady. Turns out she's from Baltimore. She grew up, you know, just loving hip hop and she's a scholar and has written a bunch of books. And so she just put all her, her skill set together and came up with an idea for a class, but she wanted to teach the class alongside someone who had more expertise in the field. And so after I visited her class at one time, she was like, yo, that, you know, that went so smooth. How would you feel about co-teaching this, this hip hop class for a semester? And we did it, it went so well, the students loved it. We did it again, same results. And then eventually the university was just like, yo, you should teach this course, you know, on your own here. And now I, I just finished my 10th year. Um, Boston so you know they put a lot of trust in me to be the person who's responsible for you know giving hip-hop education to all these students there alongside now I have two classes one I teach by myself with the honors college and then I teach a class with the American studies department with uh professor Jeff Melnick who's just another incredible dude who's like a historian and archivist and has been researching and studying hip-hop since the very beginning of the whole thing in the 70s he like he knows all you guys stuff yeah that that's so dope too because well i've, I've been to plenty of schools all around um to go right around in the, the east coast what have you um west coast where, where i've spoke to students you know about the success and, and as far as where i came from you know it wasn't the easiest all the time so you know, uh, so I, I, I relate to that. And I, I had a quick little story where um, I, I brought my whole presentation to a, a Catholic school and they had the nuns and all that. And the kids were all happy that I came and I'm playing crush militia. And you see these nuns like just they had a new wave type of um, principal. You know, my Uncle Bob, no. I shout out to him. So he was the one that had us men. But after they saw it, like got this vibe and they like, cause you on the big ass screen, you got crush video, Militia, all that stuff, and then, then, then the, the nuns is jamming with it. Like we taking yeah. before um, selfies and all that. We using portable cameras and all that. But it, it was an experience, and, and the teaching is always good. You can't deny the energy, even if you don't quite understand what's going on with the poetry. You can't deny the energy of stuff like that, and, and you can see how it motivates people, man. I had I had Freddie Fox visit my class uh, two semesters ago, and yeah. and he sat down and talked with us for an hour and a half, and you. Yo, these kids were hanging on every word Bumpy was saying. That's how it is, too. Because it's like, even though, like, the, the beauty of it is that I give them the opportunity. I'm like, yo, here, here's six songs by Freddie Fox to listen to. Here's a couple of news articles and here's a couple of music videos. So by the time we're sitting with them, all the students are familiar with them. And so then when once he starts telling the stories and they're hearing it, it's like, wow, you know what I'm saying? Their minds are blown. These are good they they know what the real history and origins are. So by the time they're sitting with Freddie Fox in front of them, they're really ready to hear about all that. Well, that the dope thing is about that is, uh, you know, we appreciate who you are and who you be. We like the fact that you're acrobatic, the MC, but we would like for you to tell us your 10 favorite MCs. Oh, 10? Mm -hmm. I think 10 is... Okay, because five, I, I, I would just bow out. I, like, <laughs> oh, bad, the signal's bad. The signal's bad. 10's us. Okay. <laughs> I, I, so favorite MC. So that means it's not. I don't think that they're the, the ten greatest lyricists. Yeah, yeah, my yeah, ten sure, favorite yeah, people yeah. to listen to. Yes, my sir. ten favorite people to listen to. Yes. I won't. No particular order though, okay? Because we'll be here all day. <laughs> I'm, gonna just, I'm gonna just go till I run out of fingers. Okay. Nas. Mm -hmm. 
KRS One. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hope you got eleven fingers, no sir. <laughs> Black Thought. Mm, wow, dope. nice, nice. Oof. Buster Rhymes. Of course. Dun, 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 dun. Come on, man. Q-tip the abstract poetic. Okay. All right. That leaves me with five more, huh? Five more. Woo. All right. I'm about to bring it. Here we go. Gifted Unlimited Rhymes Universal. Universal. Sorry, man. You, you, That's dope. Catalog, catalog stands up against any MC ever, just about. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, just four more. Four right. more before you go on tour. Four more before we go on tour, no doubt. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go with. I'm gonna have to go with Reggie Noble, Red Man. Hell yeah! Now we got three more. I know I'm overlooking someone, but maybe not though. Because if they haven't come up into my mind, I don't see how that is is possible. Man, we're just talking top ten here. Mm -hmm. Feel like I. Like those are the those are the cats who I listen to more often than not. Nice. Now my last three might start to be based on like talent alone, because now it's like I feel like these t- these last three spots is like the playoff. You could have a playing tournament with like eight to ten people to get into these last three spots here. So that being said, I am going to say, damn. I'm putting Mr. Liff in there because I've been listening to his music for, you know, half of my life and his music and lyrics are unbelievable. So there's Liff, especially since, I mean, yeah, there's there's also a million other cats that I think are on the same level as him, maybe not a million, but there's a few. But the difference is that those cats all had the budgets in their careers to get their music heard. I think if as many people knew about Mr. Liff, he would be considered. It's funny you say that too, because I think about that too with a lot of work that I put out and then the money that's behind certain things. And people, um, uh, the independent stuff, I have more legs because someone might think something brand new five years from now, you know what I mean? Because they yep. just heard it. So, yep. time to get there. Two, we got two left now. Okay. Common sense. Okay. Common sense is going in there. And then. That last spot I'm gonna reserve for man, you know, it's like there, there's people I know are good. Like it, it it's it's not like I couldn't just sit here and say, oh, here's the 10 most talented. Cause Eminem's not in my top 10, but he's definitely one of the most top talented yeah, rappers, like, right? You can appreciate a rapper as amazing without right, really liking one what of my it favorites does. Listen like to. I don't like he's the Beatles. I don't like the Beatles, but I understand they're right. super popular. Right. But I could do a two hour lecture on why Eminem is phenomenal. Yeah. You know it's just I just don't listen to his, his records like that. So all right, so the last spot just in the in this interest of time here for now. Man. Just my favorite MCs now. This is my favorite MCs now too, by the way. Not of all time. Like this is who I listen to now. That's cool. That's good. Okay. Um yeah, one more. Yeah. I think I think that one name keeps popping into my head 
And because of that, I'm going to put that on this list. But literally, fellas, y'all could ask me the same question a week from now and three to five yeah. names might be there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, but for now, I'm putting Farrell Monch on that list. Oh, wow. mm. That's a dope one, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, yo, so we got your 10 favorite MCs of the moment or the time. We'll catch yes. you in sweeps and see if you can reshine. Maybe you can rewind or come up with Ooh. something. I'm going to still be here at the end zone, danger zone residence. You know what it is, me and Mr. DL, baby. You know, we here to, we here with Acrobatic. Um, I just got one more thing I want to ask you because yes, sir. Uh, about to make like salt and dash. Imagine that shit. Anyway, right? salt, salt, salt was my first hip hop crush, by the way. Oh, oh shit. I always, I always tell my students that. Yeah, salt, salt from Salt and Pepper, boy. I was 13 years old. You couldn't tell me shit. That was yeah. gonna be my wife. <laughs> speaking of speaking of shit, that, she said that on that she said that on that album, and that was the first time my mom ever heard like someone swear in music. On a yeah, she said, "What is this? Yeah. What is this?" <laughs> hey, he, he my was really just died. I don't need your bull. <laughs> so listen, man, we just want you to tell the people because we're gonna bring you back too because we got so much more to touch on. But um, it was like for you to tell the people your socials. And, and yeah. what, what you got coming up, man, and what we can look for from uh, Acrobatic and the Perceptionist and what have you. Word up. Well, thanks again for the opportunity. Um, as far as socials, I can be found on, I primarily use Instagram uh, at Acrobatic MC, A-K-R-O-B-A-T-I-K-M-C. Um, I'm also on, uh, you know, I'm on, I'm on Facebook and, and you can find me pretty much out there. Like I have a SoundCloud page that has a few unreleased tracks, but all my music for the most part is available on Spotify and Pandora and all the streaming services. So I just usually direct people towards that. I also have Acrobatic MC at Bandcamp. If you want to go and make a donation directly to the artist that, you know, I'll see hundred percent of it or, you know, closer to hundred yeah. percent than it would be any other way, more than a stream. But um, other than that, man, I'm, I'm just out here in the world. You can catch me with The Perceptionist. We're going to be doing a bunch of shows together this uh, month of June. We're going to be in Vermont on the 10th. We're going to be in Keene, New Hampshire on the 9th, actually. And we're going to be in Boston for a rare Boston engagement at the Lizard Lounge on June 22nd with uh, Double Apocalypse, a really dope live band backing us from DJ Slipwax. That's going to be crazy. Oh, and then we're doing that again the next night at Parlor Providence on the 23rd. So those are, those are some things to, to come out and check. And then uh, there's a uh, 50th anniversary hip hop celebration on the 30th that I'm gonna be hosting. Um, I believe that's gonna be like right in Nubian Square, but I'll be posting way more information about all that stuff on my Instagram. So I would say follow me there. That's a great place to just keep in touch and, and keep up with anything that I might be doing related to hip hop and education. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, man, we appreciate you stopping by, man, on some fly shit. Oh, and, thank uh, you for having me, man. Salute. I'm just so happy raw. to be a that part of this journey with y'all, man. Yeah. Listen, What's that now? Who produced Militant Raw? That was my, that was, that was a record. I, I, I got to hear that was produced by That was produced by this brother right here. Nice. That's a, that's a banger, man. That beats hard. I, you know, that beats hard. Oh, thank I, you, I have it here somewhere. Yeah, I was a lot more beats back then. My shit ain't al alphabetized, so I, I never can find them when I want them. <laughs> but I, I have Oh, them. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah if you have that instrumental, send it to me. I could use it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I could do that. Yeah, Word, I appreciate that. And yo, and I also love the beat you made for the uh, Utilize Your High remix with Oh, my man Slim, you know oh, what I'm saying? You. So yeah. thank you. I look forward to working more with all of y'all, man. As a matter of fact, Shug, I got a record with you 
in mind too. So okay. you know, you let me know when things slow down for you a little bit, and, yeah. and let's. I'm in I'm in the studio time time so you all the time actually so okay you know just get it to me when you're ready and we would you know move forward yeah, we'll, yeah let's talk about it then brothers I appreciate y'all man thanks man. for having me and giving me some time thank you man appreciate you. dope Luke, brother I right, salute to y'all y'all have a great day yes, you too seems to be that time time of the week where uh, we talk about people who are stupid <laughs> yeah man <laughs> that's a that hey being stupid is like death. It's it's imminent. There's always gonna be somebody that's stupid, man, and it's always gonna be bad. <laughs> so, you know, this week, yeah, stupid as hell. Oh man, it is the best time of the week. Shout out to our guest acrobatic, but it's time for stupid as hell. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> hey, a Daytona Beach man is facing a second degree misdemeanor for shooting a bear that was trying to eat trash when he meant to only fire a warning shot. According to the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission, officers said they were called to Alejandro Castellano's home, an Indian Lake uh, Road, uh, 24. And when they arrived, Castellano told them that he got a notification from his alarm that there was an activity in his yard. So he went outside and saw a black bear trying to get in his trash, probably get something to eat or something. So Cass Castellano grabbed his 22 uh, <laughs> caliber rifle and fired what was meant to be a warning shot shot and accidentally struck the bear. Mm. Um, Officer said they went in the woods with an FWC biologist, whatever that means, and found the bear, but determined that his back was broken and wouldn't be able to recover, so it was euthanized. Mm. And of course, it's charged uh, for a misdemeanor. The reason why, like I say, um, this week, stupid as hell, is Alejandro Castellano is because anybody with a gun knows, especially where you live, you know the rights of your shit. Yeah. You know, and you're going to get arrested because you shot a bear knowing that, like, what the law is. Like, yeah. to me, it's like, it's super stupid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then even the fact that you even got to go to jail for shooting a bear. Yeah. That was in trash. And it's like, and one, it's you're shooting a bear that's not attacking you. And two, right. it's probably an endangered species. And now you're yep. fucked federally. Oh, they got that black that black bear law where he's at. So he, you know everything around him. You know, plus, the, you know, he might have smelled a jelly sandwich or something in the trash. That boy wasn't going to harm nobody. He was going to eat. Yeah, yeah. So sweet or hold up, Alessandro. Alejandro, that's what it is. Bodica. Alejandro Castellano. Bariqua. <laughs> this week, stupid as hell. is, yo. Next time you pull the trigger on a, a defenseless bear, know what time it is, kid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yo, we off that. Um, yeah, so that was another good one, man. That guy sounds pretty intelligent. Yeah. Um, thanks to Acrobatic for stopping through. Thanks to everyone that showed up to the block party um, and got your merch. People people make excuses a lot, Suge. I, I don't know why they're making excuses for it, but what do you tell people yeah. when they make too many excuses? What was he made excuse for this time? No, no, I'm talking about you. You have a phrase that you like to end the episodes with. Oh, right? oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. think it was ready. That's why I was saying that. <laughs> I mean, you just talking about some other shit. I'm like, <laughs> Humpty Dump, which way did he go? <laughs> hey, yo, I didn't see him. Which way did he go? Let me at him. Let me at him. I'll kill him. But anyway, right? Yo, we appreciate y'all, man. Episode 72 in the books. Yep. Remember, excuses have no purpose, so don't make them. 
And as we grow, we glow. You know what I'm saying? So we're always continuously shining, you know, and things is looking good and we're going to be here. Peace. On my dark days, I chopped crack on the regular. Ran up in spots and clapped on the regular. Took big fat ass stacks from the register. No matter how hard they tried, they still couldn't measure the hard I have.